Welcome to The Scope by the Columbia Women's Business Society, where we feature women changing the game in business. I'm your host, Elise Rovner, and I serve as the Membership Engagement Chair for this wonderful organization. Today on the podcast, we have Kelsey Willick. Kelsey Willick is the founder and CEO of Aura Finance, which was named Tardy during the time this podcast was filmed. Aura Finance is a financial wellness and investment platform designed with women in mind first. She's also the author of Not Your Boyfriend's Investment Advice, a weekly newsletter where she uses her humor and storytelling to educate her readers about investing in finance. Prior to her work at Tardy in NYBIA, she worked for Goldman Sachs advising institutional clients and on launch with GS, the firm's billion-dollar commitment to investing in diverse entrepreneurs and investment managers. Hi, Kelsey. Let's get into it. Can you talk about your journey up until founding Tardy? My first job out of college was working for an investment bank with Goldman Sachs. Um, Prior to that, I had worked at three different startups during college. Um, One was Rent the Runway, one was an ed tech company, and another was in the finance space. So I always thought I wanted to go into entrepreneurship, but I got lucky enough to get an internship with Goldman and then a full-time offer. And I really didn't want to give up that opportunity and ended up staying there for about five and a half years. And once I, you know, got to 2020 and had a really introspective year, I knew I wanted to go back to entrepreneurship, but I didn't quite know how. So I just really spent the year thinking about what my future could look like and where, you know, what were the problems I wanted to solve. And ultimately it had to do with closing the generational and gender wealth gaps that exist through investing. So that's a little bit of, you know, how I got to where I am today. That's so incredible. I guess I'm just curious if your experience at Goldman was influential in any way to you founding Tardy. I think it was, you know, an incredible place to start my career. I was surrounded by just brilliant people. I got to learn, you know, all about investing, different vehicles that exist. I mainly worked in the institutional space. So that meant I worked um, largely with hedge funds and the companies that invest in them. I also worked on a program called Launch with GS. It was the firm's billion dollar commitment investing in diverse entrepreneurs and investment managers in venture capital and private equity. So, you know, I love the work I had done there. And I met with so many different founders and I found myself being, you know, so inspired by the work they were doing, I got to the point realizing, you know, you know, if I really want to make big impact, especially like I said, in, you know, the gender and generational wealth gaps that exist, is there something I could do to change that? So um, that's also why I left that initiative. Although I I love the work I was doing, I I wanted to go beyond that and, and make a more direct impact myself. Yeah. Could you tell us a little bit more about Tardy? Yeah, definitely. So we are a financial wellness and investment app. So I keep telling people we were built with women in mind, although we're entirely gender agnostic, kind of similar to how Bumble was created with the, you know, women's dating experiences in mind, but obviously anyone can use it. I just realized that so many women, especially when I was doing my research back in 2020, were, you know, lacking autonomy, felt like they weren't a part of the conversation, wanted to get started investing, but everyone keeps telling them what to do rather than have a conversation with them about what's right for them. 
and educate them. So that's why I took a step back and thought, okay, how do I create a place where you can get started in a hyper-personalized way and also have access to community? Community means uh, not only your friends and direct network, it also means professionals. So we are a hyper-human robo-advisor and we essentially give you a place to get started investing your money we give you access to telewealth so you can speak to professionals on demand. And the hyper-personalized curation comes from before anything, before you link bank accounts or interact with investing, we just get to know you. So we get to know your money story and how you feel about it. And that money archetype curates the rest of your experience. So if you feel like you're a novice and you don't like to ask questions, we, we make your experience extremely comfortable to that personality. And on the other hand, you could be extremely you know, risk on, you've invested for years, you feel extremely comfortable, but you're still looking for next steps and how to plan for your future. We also curate the experience for you. So I similar to how, you know, your signs kind of curate how you think your emotions um, react to different situations. We're trying to do that for, for financial wellness. That's amazing. That's incredible. That's so cool. Yeah. So were there any like skills that you think are vital, I guess, to starting a business in the finance and investment industry that or like stuff that you kind of wish you had known before you um, began founding Tardy? Yeah, I hear this question a lot, and I also get asked it a lot, what are the skills you have? And one thing I'll say is whenever you start a business, you're never going to have all the skills. Although some people will say, oh, you may, you have to check this box, or you have to check that box. If you look at so many of the, the most famous and successful entrepreneurs, they took a leap because they cared about something. And I cared about solving the gaps that exist today, and especially about how do I get more women involved in the conversation. Um, I have not been an investment manager. I have not, you know, started an investment management company. That doesn't mean I haven't worked at one. I think working at one helped significantly. But it's more about, do you have the right network of people that are going to fill the gaps that you have? It's not necessarily do you need all of them because the reality again is not no one is going to check every box, um, especially at the founder level. It's really about finding the right group of people that are going to make you know the magic happen. Um, the only other thing I'll say before you get started is, especially since I'm a you know a financial wellness company. Starting a business is tricky and, you know, sometimes you have to forego salary. And I knew that I couldn't do that right out of college. I graduated school with about $130,000 of debt. So I, I couldn't, you know, start a business right out of the gate. Mm -hmm. And I knew I needed to save. I need to prepare for, you know, taking a risk. So for me, that meant over those five years, I always knew in the back of my head, I wanted to start a business. I never knew what that was, but I was really good about saving. And that's not to mean I, I didn't have my dips and I, I didn't have a ton of fun and I didn't spend money and go on trips and see friends, but I, I had to prepare for, you know, the life of entrepreneurship, which, which can be, you know, have a lot of high highs and low lows. Mm -hmm. Yeah, you were talking a lot about like finding a network. Do you have any, because CWBS is um, heavily like networking focused and finding 
like support do you have any like tips I guess for finding and maintaining a network and like finding people that'll support you yeah um and I would describe myself as an introverted extrovert so networking doesn't necessarily come easy to me so this is a trick that I use and it's always benefited me throughout my life whenever I meet someone I ask them at the end of our conversation you know if there's anyone else that they could introduce me to so it takes a little bit of the stress off of I have to continue expanding my own network by myself Um, and it gives that person an opportunity to really be helpful to you. I think a lot of conversations that end, um, in the networking space, they always end with how, let me know how I can help you. Mm -hmm. Well, give that person a, a tangible action. And on the flip side, don't just extract from them. I try to always be mutually beneficial. So I'll always offer something I think can help that person, um, whether it's making an introduction to them as well, or providing my time for feedback on their work, um, or even you know if they have a newsletter or if they have uh, a beta wait list, I'll sign up for it. So it's just about you know being an honest, genuine human and mm-hmm. not trying to just extract from everyone. Um, and just you know kindness. I think one thing I try to do at the beginning of calls when I first meet people is, is not just to like dive into business. It's always, you know, what, where are you based in the world? Like, tell me a little bit more about your background. Again, not just business focus, get to know people on a human level. It's something that will stick with someone so much more than just an ask from them. Yeah, no, I totally agree. And I think that's great advice. And I think a lot of our community will take a lot from that because I think it's about finding a balance. And I definitely agree with like reciprocity and like doing like not one sided. So I think that's really great advice. So I guess, do you have any advice for um, college age women that are interested in entrepreneurship? I know you talked a lot about saving, but are there like, I guess, like key pieces of advice that you have? Yeah. So I have a couple. Like I said, I was super actively involved in entrepreneurship in college. And there are so many opportunities these days for college students to get engaged with either existing startups or, you know, dabbling in their own. So with existing ones, I know there's like incredible channels like Gen Z VC, where you can look for different internship opportunities. Um, uh, Tardy, we also have our own intern and she's been absolutely incredible from like content creation and marketing strategy. So don't be afraid to just test the waters and see what you like. And even if the opportunity doesn't necessarily, you know, a hundred percent fit your, your, you know, what you want to do for your life. Um, there is power in the experience of learning what you like and what you don't like. Um, And just working at an early stage company is so, so different than a corporate role. So by having experience there at a young age is is so important, I think. And I also think that, you know, entrepreneurship doesn't mean you have to build a full fledged business. So in school, I, when I worked for Rent the Runway, I just helped them test different random ideas. So in a way, it kind of gave me a dose of like micro entrepreneurship in myself. Cause I would test, I tested one idea that they had, which is now their subscription model. 
um, you can do that yourself, whether it's, you know, starting a zine or, mm-hmm. um, you know, renting out your clothes to friends and seeing, you know, what price point makes sense. Um, do you like the entrepreneurship aspect? Because entrepreneurship is, you know, it can be really stressful <laughs> and sometimes you, you have to be really vulnerable. So is it something you enjoy? So test it out, test the waters, test what industry you, you like, um, because I think there's so much power in experience. I do think, though, the one other thing I'll add is don't put too much pressure on yourself to, to answer all of those questions in the beginning. Mm-hmm. I'm still trying to figure them out. You know, um, I certainly didn't know when I graduated school. I wasn't even sure if I wanted to work at an investment bank. Again, I I got the role and I was so excited for it, but I was actually an English major. So I was very torn Mm -hmm. about, you know, do I want to go into publishing or writing? Um, I'm writing today. So nothing is absolute or final. You you can have so many different careers and paths. Um, so, so don't feel stressed if you haven't figured it out yes. while you're in college. Yeah. No, that's, I'm sure a lot of people will be like reassured or like relieved to hear that because I definitely don't know what I, what I want to do. So it's, <laughs> it's reassuring that you have time to figure it out and you're not stuck in anything, which I think is good to remember. So kind of to shift, what is your vision, I guess, for Tardy five years from now? Definitely. So I, in five years from now, I want to be, you know, partnering with universities and grad school programs across the country. Um, So many different uh, credit cards or debt management tools partner with universities. I think planning for your your financial future and investing is going to be so important. So I hope we can help more people start early. And I also want to make sure we're quantifying financial wellness really well. Financial return, you know, your portfolio is up 10% or whatever is really easy, but helping people make strides in how they feel about money is so important. You know, some people could have $10,000 in the bank. Some people could have 10 million. They could equally feel insecure, you know? Um, So how do we make people feel better? how do we open up that conversation beyond just us? I think there are a couple few companies doing this really well, but I think it's going to be a much larger industry because, you know, health and wellness diet, um, obviously nutrition, mental wellness, these industries are starting to explode because they're so important about, you know, uh, they affect every part of our life. Financial wellness does as well. So I hope for it to be a much broader conversation in five years as well. And again, I think I I want to make hundreds of thousands, if not millions of people feel less stress and anxiety about money um, because it's time we start talking about it more Mm -hmm. and and feeling more and feeling better about it. Yeah, no, that's an amazing goal. And I, I definitely don't perceive, I think it's, equally as important as I feel like financial wellness is tied to health in a lot of ways. Mm -hmm. So I think that's super important and super interesting. And that's incredible. Um, Okay, so totally a 180 from what you're doing with Tardy. But I want to hear about not your boyfriend's investment advice. So I think you do such a good job of balancing like more serious and like fun top serious topics, but like in a very fun way. Could you tell me a little bit about like what inspired you to create the newsletter? Yeah. Um, so like I said, I did a ton of research 
And I spoke to about 50 women individually about their experience investing. And one comment that continued to come up was, oh, I take my boyfriend's investment advice or I take my significant others or my dad's. And I was just like, oh no, we we can't have this anymore. We are in 2021. Like how do women not feel that they are brilliant and smart and capable investors. Um, so I just decided I'm going to start a weekly newsletter called not your boyfriend's investment advice. And I think I also was thinking a lot about what I wanted the structure of the newsletter to look like. And I wanted to be different and I love personal storytelling. I do a lot of writing and creative writing myself. Like I said, I was an English major. Um, And I just felt that there was a way to kind of tell stories about my life and my dating experiences and, you know, the good things, the bad things that happen and kind of play them into finance. Another thing that I did was I, you know, got in front of a bunch of women and I said, you know, do you guys want to have a conversation about dividends? Crickets all around. The next conversation I had with them was, do you guys want to have a conversation about dildos and dividends? Everyone was like, what are you talking about? I, I, that sounds so weird, but I mm-hmm. want to hear more. So I just felt that I kind of tapped into this market where I could speak to people with content that they wanted to engage with rather than they felt they had to engage with, um, with the hyper, you know, personal storytelling. And it also has a lot to do with Tardy too, where yeah. everyone has a money story and we want to help them rewrite the next chapter. And if I can get in front of people and be vulnerable and, and hopefully funny enough that you want to keep reading, I, I think it's an interesting way to learn. Yeah, no, that's it definitely. Yeah, I love it. I think they're hysterical and I take a lot out of them. I really do. I think they're great. Um <laughs> Do you have any skills, I guess, that are vital to starting a newsletter? Like, obviously, testing, um, but, like, I guess, I mean, and having, like, a passion for sure. Yeah. I think a couple things. Um, what's your purpose for the newsletter? For me, it was pretty obvious. I wanted to get more women interested in the conversation about money and finance. Um, and once you have that purpose, it kind of helps you craft and figure out who your audience is. So my audience was women in their early 20s to maybe mid 30s. So that helped me establish my voice, which was, you know, not that difficult to establish because it was my own. I fit in that category as well. And then finally, it's, you know, figuring out the format and the cadence. And I even I've been doing this now since about February. So I've, I've figured out, I think, a little bit more about how I want the structure of it to look like, but it doesn't mean it needs to be perfect. It's more so about get started, get feedback from a small group of people, whether they're, you know, your friends or your family, ask them, you know, if there is anything that you can make more clear, if you can add more, what they like, what they don't like, and, you know, work from there. Mm-hmm. Do not put too much pressure on yourself for it to be perfect out the gate because it's not going to be. Um, it's just all about consistency, and a, a vulnerable, authentic voice that is your own. Mm-hmm. Um, so many people have newsletters these days, and it's such a great way to grow your own brand. But make sure you're not just trying to be someone else. Like, just try to be yourself. Yeah, that's great advice. Um, so I guess, like, the writing process that goes into producing an edition, what is it like? Like, how do you come up with the ideas? Because they're so creative and, like, very smart. 
So I wish I had more of a mathematical approach, but uh, to be completely honest, I have a psychotic uh, note section in my phone for not your boyfriends. And if I think of a funny story or if I'm in conversation with my friends, I'll write the story down and I'll try to figure out ways I can use that story to talk about money. And I also have a list of themes that I have asked our readers to reach out to me with if they want to learn. So the the story I'm going to talk about tomorrow is real estate. And I had a bunch of people reach out to me about real estate investing. So I knew I needed to do a topic on it, but I didn't necessarily know the story. But I, I'll look back into kind of my, my list of stories and think, can I apply this here? And then other times it's much more serendipitous. So, uh, you know, I was on a bachelorette party and the bride literally lost a tooth. And this was a couple days before the next article was Mm -hmm. supposed to come out. So I actually just scrapped the other article that I had in mind and was like, this is so much more applicable here, talking about volatility since it's such a volatile situation. So I think it's both luck that these situations happen and being vulnerable enough to be able to share them. Um, I also always ask the people I write about if I if I can share their stories. So that's, I think, important because you don't want to share anything that people don't feel comfortable with. But that's a little bit about the process leading up. Mm-hmm. And once I write it, I, I am kind of one of those people that I like having to have a deadline. And I procrastinate pretty terribly with writing. But something about having a little bit of fire beneath you before an article is due, I think makes them a little bit more creative because they make they seem a little bit more conversational um so i give myself about four hours to write each article they probably get done in two and then edits take two mm-hmm. um so that's that's a little bit about yeah no i also write so i have a i have a similar process to you i mean <laughs> it's nothing methodical as well and i think and i agree when there's pressure i feel like i produce better work I'm sure my professors are going to hate my response or my old professors. Like, why is she giving herself no time? But with all of the things that there are to do, if I were to spend more time than that, I think I would go crazy and never get it done or published. Yes, 100%. So I guess, what does a typical workday look like for you balancing everything you're doing with Tardy and NYBIA? Yeah, Um, so I definitely spend the majority of my time on Tardy. Um, Not Your Boyfriends is published each week on Tuesday. So I either write the articles the morning they're due or the night of Monday. Um, The rest of my time is really dedicated to just building out the product. And we're in the process of, you know, working on our MVP, which will be available later this fall. So I work with a team of four designers. So we're constantly talking about UI and UX. Um, We actually have a meeting after this. Um, We also are constantly speaking to our advisors at Georgetown University. We work with one who's a behavioral psychologist and another who is a robo-advising expert. Um, So it's a lot of back and forth discourse with the people that are helping us build this business. Um, I would also say I'm constantly back and forth with my co-founder, Courtney Carden. Um, she's a lawyer by practice, but she focuses a lot on the behavioral psychology piece, a lot on the data piece, 
Um, whereas I focus more on the financial side. So not only am I speaking to our team of designers, I'm also speaking to our technology team mm -hmm. who is working on the backend infrastructure. Um, and I guess finally, it's doing a lot of conversations like this, getting in front of people, spreading the word, because we want when we launch in the fall, there to be, you know, a significant wait list and hopefully people want to engage with the product. Um, and just learning still, you know, I never wanted to create a product that I thought was right for people. Mm -hmm. I wanted to learn what was right for people and build with them in mind. So that's why I've spent such a significant amount of time just having conversations um, with individuals about what they like about investing, what they don't like and what's lacking. Mm -hmm. um, so that's a little bit uh, what my week and day looks like, although ever changing. It's kind of, you know, I, I hyper focus on what the day has at hand. Other days we focus on, you know, conversations and building out relationships with potential investors. Um, it's, it's, it's definitely not what I used to work in when I was uh, in a corporate bank. Yes, Tardy is so incredible. And I'm so excited to download it. And I think it's amazing what you're doing. Now let's get on to our quick takes. Name one active self-care that you practice each day. I, I mean, I have a pretty regimented skincare routine. <laughs> <laughs> so I definitely do that. I, I mean, I'm not even going to dig into what I do, but I guess I do like the retinol. I do vitamin C. I do facial massage. Um, I'm very into natural products too. Mm. So, um, I'm constantly trying new ones. Definitely super important. <laughs> um, so who is one woman that you look up to? So I was actually going to maybe say two. Um, my mom. My mom has been an entrepreneur basically my whole life. Um, and, you know, she always just taught me that it's equally important to, uh, you know, care for yourself, care for the ones you love. And love them as much as they love you. So I even think that kind of bleeds into what I talked about when you network, not that you have to love these people, but sharing kindness and respect for people as much as they give you is so important. And my mom has always taught me that. Um, and entrepreneurship can feel lonely sometimes. So, you know, she taught me it's so important to maintain relationships no matter how busy you get, because at the end of the day, your friends and the ones you love are the ones that you're going to have to lean on when things get tough. So um, it's been tough to balance, although I feel like I've been working more than I have ever, but I have still made time for my friends because I know I need them and I love them um, and I, I don't want to, to miss out on them because um, this is a long life we have to live. Mm -hmm. <laughs> um, and secondly, I'd say one of my first bosses, her name was Amy, taught me uh, not only the importance of working hard, but to, you know, uh, give yourself breaks. And, and I'll never forget, there was a time that I think I was about one year into working for, for Goldman and I hadn't taken any vacation. She pulled me into a side room and said, we're going to put a week down on the calendar now. So caring for your people and caring for their wellness, mm -hmm. I think is so, so important for the success of anyone in work. And, and I, it's how I intend to lead this business someday. I, I 
care about the people that work with me um, beyond just the the financial return that they bring the business. I, I care about their their whole selves, mm-hmm. um, and I think ultimately that will they'll foster like an amazing culture. I hope. Yeah, I agree. I think that's really important. So if you had to choose one, what is your favorite edition of Not Your Boyfriend's Investment Advice? Oh, gosh, that's a tough <laughs> one. Um, I think The Bride Losing It Too. I think that one was pretty epic. And something that I never thought I would be even putting yeah. <laughs> putting pen to paper. And that's it for Kelsey Willick, founder and CEO of Aura Finance, previously Tardy, and the founder of Not Your Boyfriend's Investment Advice. Aura is actually curating a waitlist of users to beta test the app, and if you'd like to sign up or learn more, please visit AuraFinance.io. If you'd like to read Not Your Boyfriend's Investment Advice, please visit notyourboyfriends.substack.com. We hope you love it as much as we do. Thank you all for listening. You can find a transcribed version of this interview in our Scope newsletter. If you're not yet subscribed to the Scope, please subscribe at our website, columbiawomensbusinesssociety.org, under the For Students tab. Make sure to follow us on Instagram at columbiacwbs. And as always, please reach out if you have any questions or want to get involved. Have a great rest of your day.